We all know Australia as the place where every single living thing is out to either eat you or just ruin your day. So you'd think people would stay clear of the outback, right? Wrong. Whether we know of the dangers or not, humans want to brave the outdoors, and sometimes the things that lurk in the outdoors often come to you. So really, you're not safe no matter where you go. Enjoy these allegedly real sightings of monsters in Australia. If you want to be in a future video, feel free to submit your true stories at darknessprevails.org. The Lake's Secret by Riley W. I'm 16 years old and live in Australia. My family and I have always enjoyed water skiing as long as I can remember, and Berenjak, practically a lake, was always a family favorite. During the summer holidays, we packed our bags, equipment, and were quickly on our way. Sure, the drive there was boring as heck, but what was going to come would be far from boring. When we arrived that year, it was dark, and we had to go through the gates to get in. We then asked the receptionist for keys to the cabin. While the rest of the family went to get the keys, I was waiting in the car. I was watching a YouTube video on my phone, and I only had a minute left on the video. When it was over, I looked out of the window to see what there was. Though I couldn't see much in the dark, I could see a few ferns and trees, but something wasn't right. There was a strong feeling of fear washing over me. No matter how hard I looked, I could not locate what was causing me so much fear. But then, I saw red dots reflecting in the glass. I turned around and looked out the other window, but wasn't ready for what I saw. It is an image that is burned into my mind. There was a face there, a face as pale as the moon, yet its eyes were like a red neon. It had two different lower jaw bones on each side, like its jaw had been split in half, and its fur was falling out in patches. What fur was left was quite matted. Its body was extremely disproportionate and was crazily twitching. However, it was gone the moment I blinked. I desperately ran inside and told my family what I saw, but they looked at me confused because they knew that I don't ever really get scared like that. That night, I didn't get much sleep. I remember fading in and out of sleep, only to see something in the window, something that seemed eerily similar to the creature I saw before. At one point, I woke up suddenly, sweating, and that's when I noticed it was outside my window. It wasn't some waking nightmare this time. It was then that I saw how tall it really was, around three meters. I rushed over to my brother to show him, but by the time he was awake and he had turned around toward the window, the thing was gone. My brother shook his head and went back to sleep. The next day, I thought a quick kneeboard session in the water would clear my mind. My mother was the one watching me, she always had an eagle eye and would spot the smallest things, the kind of mom you always believed had eyes in the back of her head. With her there, I always felt safe. That day, it was surprisingly busy on the water, with tons of different colored and styled boats everywhere. 
We went past the island in the middle of the lake, and things started to get bumpy real fast. At one point, I fell off and raised my hand for them to spot me and turn around. But when I looked around, there was no boat. I knew they wouldn't leave me, but I began to panic anyway. There was no sign of a boat anywhere, yet there had been so many around when I was on board. I yelled for what must have been 10 minutes, but still, nobody came. I swam to the island in the middle because it was closer than the shore, but no matter how much I swam, it didn't look any closer, which only made me scared and more confused. What the heck was going on, I thought. There had been so many weird things happening since we got here that I was beginning to think this entire thing was just a dream. That's when I blacked out. When I came to, I realized it was just a dream. When I opened my eyes, I was facing stars in a dark sky. I felt around under me. I felt sand and shells and small rocks. I was on the shore of the lake, the shore near the cabin. I began to wonder how I got out of my room and why I had such a weird dream. Why did it feel so real? I was even still in my boxer shorts as it had been so hot in the cabin when we went to bed. I lifted myself up and I winced at the pain in my chest. There were some small cuts on me. Where did those come from, I thought. Barefoot, I began to walk back to the cabin too tired and confused to be as terrified as I should have been. As the rocks were butchering my feet, I had to rest for a moment on a nearby rock. From this spot in the thin forest, I could see the lake still, could see the waves lapping at the shore. That's when I saw it again. It was sitting there by the water, seemingly watching the waves. I could just barely make out the red in its eyes from that side view. It didn't move, but the moment I saw it, I panicked and knew I had to get away from it. My feet hit the ground, and I once again winced in pain. I endured it, running with my feet getting more torn. Almost back to the cabin, I stopped behind a tree and began to pant. I had to catch my breath before I continued. I was entirely exhausted and had underestimated how far away the cabin really was. I remember thinking, how in the world did I even get out here? My feet weren't sore, which they would have been if I walked all the way out here in my sleep. It was more like someone had carried me out there. For what reason, I don't know. Before breaking into a run again, I began to hear a strange clicking sound. It was like that slow, vibrating noise your throat makes when you hum with an open mouth as slow as you possibly can. It sent chills down my spine, and whatever was making the sound was getting closer to me by the second. I burst into a sudden run, making a straight line for the cabin, but as I did, I heard something behind me, something rustling through bushes, something that had no trouble catching up with me. Just as the tears began to roll down my face, I hit something, hit it full speed, and was knocked right on my back. I looked up to see my mom and my dad with a the flashlight. They were out there looking for me. Now that they had found me, they were begging to know what had happened, wondering if I had snuck out and for what reason. Now, I don't know why I did this, why I replied the way I did, 
but I simply said that I had gone outside to use the bathroom. Deep down, I just couldn't tell them what really happened. I had no explanation myself, and there was this fear inside me that if I admitted to everything I'd seen and experienced that night, it would make it real. It would make it all the more tangible, and I didn't want that. When the trip was finally over, and we were on the way home, I could have sworn I saw those red eyes in the distance on multiple occasions, and I began to fear that it would follow me home. And even when we did make it home, for weeks I was afraid to go to sleep because I thought I'd open my eyes and not be in my bed, or even worse, be only inches from the thing I saw at the lake. Bunyips are real by Declan H. I live in Perth, Australia. I thought it'd be a great idea to drive towards Darwin to get some more info of the outback and to enjoy the outdoors. I packed my car up, filling the back seat and boot with clothes, snacks, movies, and other outdoor things. That car, a small white 1999 Ford Festiva Trio S, was gifted to me by my pop. I decided to go on this trip alone, figuring it'd be more fun that way. Anyway, I was around two days out from Darwin, and it was getting late. I had been driving two to three days by then, and I don't like driving at night. As such, I pulled over into a parking bay to catch some rest before heading off. I got out of my car to take a leak. I had had several bottles of water within two hours, and that can cause a man to burst. I went and stood about 20 feet from my car. I noticed that there was a small lake with a sign saying no crocodiles, and I was glad to see that. As I finished up, I began to hear something. It was like a low grunting noise, akin to a boar or wild pig. That's what I thought it was, and I went and grabbed my torch. I pointed the light toward the lake, and that's when I heard something roar. It was so loud, I felt my bones rumbling in my chest. This was not a lion or bear or anything like that, because the sound was now like that of a pig mixed with a man shouting. And then, something burst out of the water of the lake. And because it was scrambling toward me at such an insane rate, I didn't have time to shine my light on it before I started running. I ran with fear stretched across my face. Quickly, I jumped back in my car, shut the door, and locked it. I ended up slamming the door so hard when I shut it that the window cracked. I tried to start the car, but it was freezing cold that night, and my engine had gone cold. I looked outside, and I saw it. It was huge, easily seven feet tall despite being on four legs. There was a yellow shine in its eyes, and large tusk-like fangs coming from its upper jaw. I managed to start the car and speed out of there. I'm not entirely sure what I heard after that. Perhaps the sound of the dirt and rocks being kicked up at the thing the sound of the creature squealing in pain or anger, but I didn't care. I drove to the nearest town, which was about four hours away, but I got there in about three. I went straight to the local wildlife rangers 
and I told them my story. They looked at me confused. When I left, a native Aboriginal woman stopped me. She had heard what I said and asked me what sound the creature made. I tried my best to recreate it, ignoring the humiliation I felt when I did, but the look in her eyes, I knew I had struck a nerve. Suddenly, she grabbed me by my shoulders and said with a shaking voice that what attacked me was a bunyip. I'd heard of bunyips before, thought they were myths, until she showed me an old photo of something she claimed was the body of a bunyip. I did manage to get the rangers to head back out there with me, and we did find huge tracks, but they simply told me it was dingoes, even though one track was nearly half the size of a dingo. I drove home, a bit upset. I had nearly gotten eaten, and the rangers thought I was crazy. I later went back to that same spot, this time during the day, and I ended up seeing rangers placing a barricade around the parking bay. Something tells me they know more than they're letting on. From now on, I'll never travel alone, and I'm glad that my car was tuned up before I left that day. If it hadn't been, I fear I wouldn't be around to tell this story. I would have become Chow. I could have been Chow for a bunyip. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer, Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play, with my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Unknown Creature Attack by Anonymous I'm going to tell you a story that I've kept with me for a very long time. Years ago, I used to live in Australia. I had a job as a forklift driver at a warehouse. Driving to the workplace was annoying enough. It was deep in the country. In fact, behind the warehouse itself was nothing but wilderness for miles. One day, I got into work pretty late and I mean three hours late. After loading and unloading crates, I finally finished and caught up with my work. By then, I noticed it was very late outside. I could see the full moon shining through the roof windows. After parking my forklift for the day, I went to relieve myself in the bathroom. 
It was around that time that I heard a noise coming from the roof. It sounded like footsteps, extremely heavy footsteps. I ignored it, thinking that maybe a branch had broken and fallen onto the roof. As I grabbed my keys and was about to leave, I noticed the light where the moon was shining through. There was a shadow moving under it. I knew right away that there was something on the roof of the building. Creeped out and nervous, I began to walk quickly to the door. Immediately, a disgusting and powerfully putrid smell filled the entire warehouse. It was so strong I was gagging. I wanted to throw up, and my coworker Jake opened the outside door all of a sudden and said, oh my God, what's with that smell, dude? I asked him, Jake, why are you still here? I thought he had gone home hours ago. Jake replied, I forgot my phone, dude, and then I smelt that, whatever it is. He plugged his nose and began to waft the air with his hand. Man, it smells like someone soiled themselves or passed away in the AC unit or something. I noticed Jake's eyes suddenly look toward the ceiling. Then they widened and Jake's entire body froze. I said to him, what's wrong? He didn't answer, just kept staring, petrified. I turned around and looked toward the ceiling and I saw it as well. It was a massive figure staring at us, looking down from the roof's window. I couldn't see it too clearly, but I could tell that it was big, hairy, and it seemed to be the source of that disgusting stench. Never pulling my eyes away from it, I backed away and said to Jake, Jake, back up real slow and start your car. He wasn't moving. I could tell because I didn't hear anything. I yelled then, Jake, get your freaking car. That's when he snapped out of it and took off, sprinting for his vehicle. I left my vehicle behind. It was on the other side of the building, and Jake's vehicle was closer and safer in my opinion. My heart was pounding as I ran towards his car. I was panicking more than I ever had before. I could hear that thing crawling on the roof and getting closer towards our end of the warehouse. But we made it. I climbed in the car with Jake, and he floored it down the road. Before we could make it into the distance, for a moment, I just barely heard loud, crashing footsteps and heavy breathing. But I was not going to look back. I did not want to know if that thing was coming towards us, or if it was keeping up with us. That was a fate I'd leave to mystery. The next day, I quit my job there, and I moved to Sydney. My thought was, if it came to the warehouse once, it would not be afraid to return again, and next time, we may not be able to make a hasty retreat. The Thing in the Bush by Tommy I was six years old when this story took place. It was a long time ago, but I remember it like it was yesterday. I guess that's what happens when an experience is so horrible. Anyway, when I was six, I was up in my grandparents' house near Sydney, Australia, 
and inland from Sydney, boy, there's a lot of bush. Thick and heavy and always dry, more often barren than anything. This is a place called the Blue Mountains, known for its world famous The Three Sisters, an unusual looking rock formation. And here again, it's incredible how much bush there is. It's a good place for something that's undiscovered, something unknown to the real world, to hide. Anyway, my father, my mother, and I were visiting my grandparents' house, which was quite remote. It was on one of those long mountain roads where not many people lived. And up there, it was freezing in the winter, and it even occasionally snowed, covering houses and grass alike. One night, my father and I decided to go bunyip hunting. The bunyip is a creature that supposedly lurks in waterholes called billabongs, snatching its prey and dragging it down to the bottom of the billabong. We were both excited about this hunt. It wasn't necessarily a serious hunt, just a chance to get outside, but in the back of my mind, I was eager to see the bunyip. So we set off, using our car which we drove up with. We went over to a lookout, which was extremely quiet, but we didn't like that spot too much and we ended up driving off after a while. The next destination was down a desolate, old, quiet country road. There, there was a pristine lookout over a valley. Me and my father walked out as we parked the car a little distance away. We stood at the lookout and then suddenly in the quiet of the night, we heard something, a thing, a monstrous thing, smashing its way through the bush, breaking the silence of the night. It was knocking away entire trees and branches and shrubs, just twigs in the way to it. I ran, oh boy, did I run. My father would even say that he'd never seen me run so fast. My father and I jumped in our car, and we took off. We drove back to the house, nearly crashing into trees, and soon told the rest of the family what had happened. No one could really explain it, and none of us had any clue what it may have been. I'm happy I never saw what that thing was face to face, because if I had gotten that close, I probably wouldn't be around. Something in the Outback by Daniel B. This story takes place when I was about 10 years old. When I was 10, I took a trip to Australia with a program that sends students overseas for a week or two to learn more about cultures. About halfway through the trip, we stopped at a farm and we were sleeping in cabins with our different groups, guys in one group and girls in the other. There were a few guys I was really good friends with. Let's call them Dustin, Gabe, and Sam. Even though I had only known them for barely a week now, I still trusted them enough to believe me. One night at about 1 a.m., I woke up and had to use the restroom. I walked outside and I noticed it was colder than it had been before, which would make sense because it was winter. And beyond that, it was absolutely quiet. Keep in mind, this is the outback. 
and usually you hear bugs and other animals. So the moment I stepped foot outside, I had this strange feeling, a creepy feeling, as if something or someone nearby was watching me, just out of eyesight. Because of that, I was looking around everywhere, trying to make sure that every angle was covered, trying to make sure that I was just as alone as I should have been. I feel it's also important to note here that the bathrooms were not near the cabins, which made this even more creepy for me. When I made it to the bathrooms, there was no one there. I quickly did my business in the quiet night, and I washed my hands. But right before I left the restrooms, I began to hear footsteps outside. This scared the absolute life out of me, because I hadn't heard anything this entire time, and I thought I was alone. I quickly and nervously asked who was there, but there was no response except for the footsteps quickly stopping. Perhaps whoever that was realized they weren't alone either. With no response, I just left, and I made my way back to the cabins as quickly as possible. Shortly after I made it back, I heard footsteps again. I looked off into the vast trees and desert, and I saw these white glowing eyes. I froze before closing the door to the cabin. I couldn't and didn't want to move as I looked into these white, egg-like eyes. They weren't human at all. They were too big. Again, they were the size of eggs. I feel like it's best to mention here that we were about an hour away from civilization on this farm, and it would be impossible for a person to get out here by foot unless they had the gear to survive. After seeing those eyes, I slammed the door shut and woke up my friends. Dustin instantly noticed the eyes too, and now they seemed to be moving. My other friends, Gabe and Sam, thought I was joking with them or perhaps playing a prank on them. So they stayed put while Dustin and I investigated. As we drew closer to the eyes, we stopped a few times, seeing a figure that made my blood freeze. We could tell that whatever these eyes belonged to, they were very, very tall. Around 10 feet, in fact, with arms that had claws and antlers on its head. But fearing or dreading to get any closer, we did not get any more details than that. With the idea that if we got too close, we would meet a gruesome end, we decided to keep our distance. The last thing we wanted to be was another set of missing children. We went back to the cabin, locked the door, of course, and tried to relax again. But once we were able to calm down and tried to get some sleep, we heard the most blood-curdling scream, coming from something that was far from human. But thankfully, that was the last of it. Now, being so young at the time, it was the most terrifying thing, like I had stepped foot into one of my own nightmares. These days, I'm wary of the outback, wary of any sort of wilderness, and I try not to go outside alone, especially at night. Australia is such a beautifully diverse place. 
From the cultures there to the wildlife, there's always something to do, to see, or to have chew on your flesh. So, if that's what you typically enjoy, then Australia is the place to go. Just remember, just remember, when you step into the outback, you may never come back. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. Don't forget, you can always send me your story at darknessprevails.org. If you want to support my channel further, think about donating any amount at patreon.com slash darknessprevails, and you'll get your name in the credits at the end of these videos, or click the shop button below. If you don't see the button, go to morbidmonsters.com, where you can get some creepy cool Darkness Prevails merchandise. As usual, here are my five favorite early comments from the previous video about 10 creepy confessions from teachers. Kelly Martin says, I've been waiting for this one. I'm a teacher. Well, you're one of the brave ones, going back to school despite hearing those stories. Who knows, you might have a story to share with me by the time this year is over, but hopefully not. Stay well out there, Kelly. Hannah Palm says, I think the most disturbing thing would be if you found out one of these confessions was from a teacher you know. That would be pretty intriguing. I would probably nonstop harass them until I got more answers. A behind the scenes, I guess. Glitter Dragon says, I've been telling my friends about your channel and my favorite stories you've read. I creep myself out because I like to talk about them at night. Ah, another person of culture. These days, I do everything at night. Eat, sleep, go to the bathroom, watch other people go to the bathroom. It's good times. Jordan Jones says, Can't believe summer is already over. It went by way too fast. Don't worry, Jordan. There's always another summer to look forward to. Unless you're an adult. Then you've got to work every day of your life, and you pray for your last day on Earth. Ah, mine's coming soon. I just know it. That's what we call the long summer. And Mr. 483 says, Ah, early bird gets the worm. Well, to be more correct here, these stories are usually about the teacher getting your worm, so you might want to hide that sucker away. Thankfully, I've never had my own kind of creepy teacher, but you never know. I could go back to school, or I could become my own sort of creepy teacher. Just call me Mr. Prevails. Anyways, guys, thanks so much for tuning in to another Darkness Prevails episode. Stay tuned as more stories are coming up. Leave your suggestions for topics below. Until then, here are the credits to my patrons who continue to donate, going out of their way to support my channel. Until next time, guys, stay safe out there and stay creepy because this world is a strange one.